So this guy, Todd Gack, I want to bet with him. What bet? He bet me Dustin Hoffman was in Star Wars. Dustin Hoffman in Star Wars? Short Jewish guy against Darth Vader. <laughs> I don't think so. That's what I said. So the bet was that the loser has to buy dinner. Yeah. Huh. What? Let me ask you a question. Was going to a movie part of the bet? No. We were both in the mood for one. You know, it's not my way to intrude on the personal lives of close friends. Oh, is that so? Absolutely. But, but I feel I must inform you that what happened last night was more than a simple bet. What are you talking about? Come on, Dustin Hoffman in Star Wars. He made a bet he knew he was going to lose just to take you to dinner. If he wanted to ask me out, why didn't he just ask me? Because if he doesn't ask you, then he doesn't get rejected. He's found a dating loophole. I don't buy it. So what happened after the movie? Nothing. He walked me home. To the door? Yeah. That's a date. No, it's not. But I never walk you home. That's just because you're a jackass. October 7th. 2012. Greetings, folks! Happy Sunday! Sunday, Sunday. Sunday! That was musical. Thank you. Sunday man! That's kind of what it reminded me of, except it's not Sunday and it's the commercial. Oh. You know. <clears throat> I don't know why I had that on the brain. and That's I, interesting. That's not normal. I don't normally think about that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I sit around <laughs> all day. You know what I love? <laughs> Prophylactics. That's a funny word, though. It is a funny Prophylactics. word. Prophylactics. Yeah. It's a good word. Okay. Prophylactic. So how 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 you doing? Hmm. Good good day. Good day. Yeah. All right. Let's all right. talk about some stuff. <laughs> Let us first say thank you to Carl Glassmeyer and Teresa Keller for representing us a couple weeks back. Actually, it was last weekend. At the Mid-Ohio Comic-Con in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and thank you very much to everybody who came out to see us and talk to them there and, and say hello and have a nice chit-chat. They said things went very well. And so I just want to say thanks to everybody involved with that. Yes, because you know what? Sitting on your butt all day at one of those tables is surprisingly exhausting. Well, it's not just sitting there, but you're talking to a lot of different people. And right. And answering questions and... It's, yeah, it's not that easy. And it's, it's noisy, and you never right. know if you're going to be hearing Star Wars music over and over and over <laughs> again all day oh, long across the aisle. to what are you referring? I mean, I have no idea disco, who that might be. Disco Star Wars music. <gasps> That's right, it was Wonka Chicken. All right, well, anyway. Yeah, all day we on thank repeat. thank you for putting yes. up with all of that. So thank you very much, Carl Just and to Teresa. Meet some fans. And, and to all of the fans who fun. came out, and new fans who might have found us. Welcome! Uh, due to that, yes, welcome, welcome. Great to have you with us. And speaking of conventions, we should mention that we are going to be at the Long Beach Comic Con, November Yay! 3rd through 4th. I guess 3rd and 4th, not really yes, through. Yes, 3 and 4. Right. We will have a table and a panel on Sunday, yes, the 4th. but it's um, a super fun convention. Come down for either day or both. We don't have the time for the panel yet, Not do we? yet. Okay, I didn't think so. No. So, but it will be on Sunday. And yes, if you are in uh, the Southern California area, please come on out. It's a very nice convention, very well run, and uh, we would be delighted to see you there. We will meet you. And you will meet us. And it will be nice. What a coincidence. It's fun. Come on down. Woohoo! All right, next what? Okay, uh, next what is... Keep it moving, keep it moving. I wanted to announce that Kristen Bays is the new official cover artist on Genesis Avalon on an ongoing basis. So welcome back to doing uh, covers, Kristen. Oh, wow. 
That been is a, super. It's been a while since she's done covers regularly. So it'll be cool to have her back. Yes, it will. Congrats, Kristen. Congrats and thanks. Yes. I didn't know. See, that's why I was surprised because nobody tells me anything. But, oh, you know, whatever. yeah, whatever. How many times could you say it? I don't know. A lot. Oh, We've well, only got a few I episodes. I think we have a record of that now well, in TWIP. It's every eight week. episodes. Okay, yeah. so let us also mention that um, a week or two ago, there was a new item added to the pendant store, which I found out now that we can add posters to our store. And so now you can order posters of all the different show logos, which is pretty cool, I think. If you like. Yeah, they look pretty cool. So you can stop by and check that out at Pendant Productions. No, pendant, PendantAudio.com slash store.php. Where was I going with that? How long has this company been around? And I, I was, got the URL wrong. What are you doing? I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know. You're just, I, I don't even know. I mean. Not awesome. I thought I knew you then. Oh, no. All right, just a couple things left to talk about. We want to mention that um, it's there's not a set time for it yet exactly, but uh, Bruce Busby has elected to step down from being our credit reader on all of these shows. Yes. His awesome, deep, booming voice that you've heard uh, in the opening and closing credits on our shows for, uh, I think, going on four years now. And he does a lot of work. He does, and we appreciate all of the time and effort he put into it. But, you know, he's got... Uh, uh, other things he needs to get done now, and that's totally understandable. So, sometime in the near future, uh, he will be uh, stepping down from that when we have a replacement, which means very soon you are going to see a casting call go up for a brand new credit announcer for all of Pendant. So, for those of you out there who are way into your voiceover and stuff and think that would be cool, you keep your eyes open. It will be going up real soon now. So, when the casting call goes out, there will be more details about availability and reliability and the kind of stuff that we're looking for, on top of, you know, sounding awesome. Yeah. It's a cool thing. It's a totally cool thing. Totally cool thing, and, and a very unique role that's coming up that does not uh, open up often. As we no. said, Bruce has been doing this for four years now, so uh, if you're way into voiceover and you want to give that a shot, be sure you audition. Coming yes. very soon. And it will be posted on the pendant list and on the website as per usual. And Twitter and Facebook. And all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll get the word out. Yeah. All right. Then the last thing to mention is that we are still taking questions for upcoming, uh, TWIP interview guests. And I wanted to mention who those are so that we could maybe get some more questions in from you folks. So upcoming interview guests shall include Chris... Hackney, Pete Mylan, and Susan Bridges. Wait, uh, what? You don't tell me these things. Well, he hasn't talked to you yet, Jack, who does the <laughs> interviews. He's, this is the people he would like to get coming up, and so we're going to start soliciting questions. Oh, I see. And even if there's an availability issue, we can save the questions for whenever you are available. So don't be too surprised. But in any case, those are the ones coming up. So get your questions in you can submit them at pendantaudio.com slash twip.php through the mail form right at the top of the page what do you want to know from chris hackney pete mylan and susan bridges i got a few questions for you missy oh do ya? oh well you know what use the form uh, i think <laughs> i shall okay now this week we do not have an interview this uh we mentioned before was coming up this is the first Pendant Backstage Roundtable Discussion. 
This one is about um, seminar scripts and how to write them and submit them and tips for doing so and, and things like that. So it's a very interesting, very informative, good discussion. So have a listen and we'll be back after. I'm going to say goodbye to the nice folks. We'll see you in a bit. Well, yeah, except we're in it too. So well, it's like us yapping and then us yapping with more people yapping and then back to us yapping. It wasn't our fault. Colin invited us. He was the host. So we might happen <laughs> to know a few thing or two about seminar since we work on it. So Okay. Seminar, go! Go! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Pin and Backstage. My name is Colin Kelly. I'm the host of this thing. And with me tonight is Jeffrey Bridges, executive producer, co-creator, occasional editor, and writer of Screen Door. Hello. Susan Bridges, current editor and writer of San Diego. Hi. Jack Kalk, writer of Rockabye Parts 1 and 2, as well as Why You Pick Up Your Socks. Hello. Frank Harbick III, writer of The Good Samaritan and No Place Like Home. Good and talk, be high stew. Anna Rodriguez, writer of Memories in the Dark and In the Sun. Hola. And Perry Whittle, writer of The Reunion, Conference Call, Ruminations, On the Lamb, Good Discussion, Wanda's Wonderful Wizarding World, Hugh Dunnett, and The Burrower. Hello. Wow, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> You're making the rest of us look bad. I know, Jeez, right? Perry. Okay, everybody else, turn in some scripts. We've got to catch up. Did... So, seminar. So, seminar. Obviously, this is a PBS roundtable of kind of non-Comic-Con panel of sorts uh, concerning seminars since you, our listeners, decided you wanted to know more about getting a script produced. And so I asked the people who've gotten a lot of scripts produced and the two of the editors for seminar to come on board and kind of give you some general tips and answer any of your submitted questions that you gave us about how to get this done. Well, perhaps we should just do a little brief overview for the people who are not familiar with seminar. That might be a good place to start. We'll go right ahead, since it was your idea. Why? Oh, fine. All right, so... <laughs> seminar is Pendant's anthology show. You can submit short works from 5 to 15 pages in length. Um, they can be pretty much on any subject. They do tend to conform to Pendant's general script conventions. So if you are a fan of Pendant, you know that Pennant does not often use narrators, except in a sort of satirical, tongue-in-cheek sort of way, and that um, we steer away from lots of true old-time scripting where everyone is telling you exactly what's happening or I'm going out the window at the left corner of the room sort of thing. So that's a little bit about what Seminar is, and anyone is free to... Submit scripts to scriptsappendantaudio.com, and there's more information on the website, on the FAQ page, and also on the seminar page. Pendantaudio.com slash seminar.php. And how exactly does the editing process work exactly? A lot of the questions we received was about how exactly does everything work, and how do I finally get one of the scripts to get in? Uh, Perry, you want to explain this since you've done it so many times? Um, okay, well, from the writer's point of view, the editing process works like this. You submit your script. Sometimes you will get a confirmation that your <laughs> script has been received and uh, maybe even a time frame as to when the person thinks that they'll be able to respond. And then within a certain period of time, you'll get perhaps some notes back or else you'll just receive 
a um, email saying, yes, it's in seminar number 48, for instance. Or you'll get notes back saying, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. From the <laughs> moment it began to the moment it ended, it was awful. Oh, you're terrifying them, Perry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, best case scenario, I think one time, I think it was on one of my very earliest ones, um, when Jeffrey was editing seminar, I stayed up late and um, sent one off. And then I went into work kind of early for me the next day and um, hit a light patch at work and thought, well, I'll just check my email and see if anything came in. I mean, it's too early to even possibly hope or dream that I might have. And there was an email from Jeffrey saying, yep, it's in seminar five or whatever it was. And it's been all downhill from there. It's, everything else has taken longer. But that was um, that set me some very unreasonable expectations, Jeffrey. <laughs> it's all my fault. Blame me. Everyone does. Always. We do. Oh, I think it's probably best to mention here that that's a very rare case. This is only like the second time I've heard of that happening. And mm -hmm. as we approach seminar 50, we're hitting close to 100 stories submitted to seminar. So don't expect that to happen. Expect to have to do some editing. I know I've always had to edit scripts. And it's best to expect that it's not going to be taken from the get-go. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, that it's getting close to 100 uh, shorts produced. There's been way more than that submitted. So um, if, if we haven't just accepted everything that's come through. So. But we'll get there. Colin has a whole bunch of questions, don't you? <laughs> oh, boy, I do. <laughs> Jack, uh, out of this panel, you've got the next highest uh, notches on your belt. What about in your process though how's the editing uh, worked with you do i um it's it's been you know i i've Jack's always mad found at me it it's okay i'm not <laughs> mad at you i'm just i'm struggling with the edits you gave me for my last script ah. um see folks it happens to all of us but it's I still a struggle love you, i love you too susan um <laughs> get a but, room you two damn it jane um but honestly it's it's more of a um you have to be willing to accept edits, and sometimes there'll be things where like, I don't want to get rid of this. This is so crucial to what I want to do to the story. Um, then maybe you have to phrase it better, or you know, you have to put it in a different scenario. I mean, basically, you shouldn't be married to anything you send in. Am I just saying random words? I don't no, know how much. No, no you're it's true. You're Keep talking. What you're saying though is something that a lot of writers have difficulty with, which is especially newer writers. It it's not just feedback because sometimes, and this is always going to happen. Like you throw a story out there and you ask for feedback from people, and they're going to give you comments, and you're going to be like, "That guy's an idiot." But if you think about the comment and and you think about the types of comments the person made. They might be off base, but what they're saying, there's some truth in there somewhere that you have to figure out. So someone might be like, oh, you know what? Your story's so great, and it's about a journalist, but you know what? It would be super cool if instead of working at a newspaper, she was a blogger. And you're like, okay, there's no way the rest of my story would ever work if that were true. But, but if you think about it, then maybe the person's just saying that the person, the, the character just doesn't seem modern to them. Like, so there's there's something there, but you have to get to the heart of it, like, as the writer and be like, okay, this is my story. This is what's coming across. There, There's something in there. So that's an important distinction with feedback. So 
the person that, that's giving you feedback, they may be off base, but it might be in a totally different way than you expected. See what I'm saying? Mm. You're going to get edited, by the way. I'm the editor, and you are going to get edited. Because no, nobody has gotten a script through without me saying something. And um, if you want to segue into that section. <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> I was <laughs> helping. You were talking an awful lot, but that's, was okay. I? that's what we're here for. <laughs> Yeah, we need to. Jeffrey needs to hold the reins down on Susan a little bit. Let her <laughs> bring her back a bit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Calm down, Leslie. Okay. All right. Um, but Susan, um, and Jeffrey too, since you've been an editor as well. When you get a script and you sit down and you're reading through this, what do you usually go? How do you usually approach? You know, this script that somebody's just handed you and said, "I'd like to see this done." I read it. Yeah, you 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 just read it and see if it works. You know, it, that's I mean, there's no special approach you take to it. You just the character has to be there and the story has to be there and it has to. Uh, it, it this is something I've noticed that happens a lot more with uh, shorts, although it does happen with like feature length stuff and longer stuff too. But uh, especially with the shorts, um, a lot of stuff comes in and there's no point to it. It's like it's more like a series of events happening in order rather than a story if that makes any sense there has to be what is the point of the story what is the story you're telling it can't just be you know what i mean there has to be something to it and a lot of the right. short ones i find a lot of people don't necessarily have that and what they what i have found in my editing is that a lot of people need work finding that one hook or the theme that ties it all together and pulls it together that gives it a purpose and a really really good ending that people are going to remember and so that would be my biggest advice to people submitting stuff is, is you, you can't just be, you know, person, this guy or this girl goes and some stuff happens to them and then it ends. It, it, there has to be a point to it. There, what are you trying to, to say with this piece, you know? That's true. Um, you're going through a lot of times uh, a good short will start off with a character in one place and end up with that same character somewhere completely different. In an Not geographically. Or spiritual or even. Well, it could be. It could be, but way. usually it's... Something surprising is yeah. always good. A story that goes from beginning to end and ends up exactly the way you expected it to is not necessarily a good story. But don't throw surprises in there just to have them. They have to be set up properly. They have to work. And like one of the a great example of this actually was the short that Anna wrote, uh, In the Sun, which is just one person talking. And But if you pay attention when you're going through that, that character has an arc, and they go through this change that I should probably let Anna talk more about. Yes, Anna. Yes, in the sun. Um, I think it's the only seminar script with just one person, I think, because there was the one so. spaced out. There was just, you know, it was mostly just the astronaut, but there was a bit of a, another there person. There was another character at the beginning. Yeah. And he's uh, talking to himself, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the sun, it was, uh, it's another thing where, you know, when you want to tell a story, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be action-packed. Sometimes this was very much a character piece. It was just centered around Alex, who was the main person. In fact, the only person. And he goes through this period where he's mourning someone. And he realizes in the, sh in the span of four pages, you know, he can move on. And he can, you know, he is, his life has improved from knowing this person. But just because they're gone doesn't mean his life has to stop. 
every, a good story will have those character arcs. You have to see your main character change. If the character doesn't change, then why is the audience going to like this person? They can be the most charismatic person, but if they don't somehow change, then the story really doesn't have much to it. I think the most good... Thing, yeah. The one thing I would add to that is that I think a main character not changing is also a valid story as long as they are presented with the opportunity for it. If they are given the opportunity to, to make this change and then they choose not to and choose to go back, I think that it's still a valid story, but you have to have that moment where they have that decision to make and then they have to go either way. But if you don't have that, then then yeah, you're, you're lacking. And, yeah. um, you know, these are shorts. We don't expect every character or even like major supporting characters to have arcs in them, but your lead at least has got to have something unless you're doing something really way out there and off the wall. Um, but which can sometimes work, but but in general, you want to make sure that lead has has an arc. And of course, these are big, overarching kind of things, just in in general with story. But I I think it would be helpful to talk more about the specifics of you know these are like when I go through a seminar script, there's like specific flags that pop out to me like the first read through. Like if if it's a the first time I'm reading a seminar script. I read it pretty fast, and I read it fast because I want to see if it's going to make me slow down. Because if it makes me slow down, then there's something. Because if it's it's grabbing my interest and it's forcing me to actually get lost in it, now now you're getting somewhere. But um, the, the first couple things that I look for are, you know, proper grammar and spelling. Format is not as important as long as it's close. If it's, like, all over the place, then, yeah, there's going to be a problem. Um, good dialogue is a huge thing, um, because a lot of people will turn in a script and all the characters sound exactly the same, and if they all sound exactly the same, then there's no character. You can't tell them apart, yeah. You can't tell anyone apart, you don't care about anyone because everyone sounds the same. And also, another problem that, actually this was a recent problem, I got like three scripts in a row that all had this exact same problem, it was people talking about stuff that had happened in the past and that is like it was like 80 percent of the script was talking about things that happened in the past yeah if the stuff in the past was so interesting then show it to us show don't exactly tell. if you have to do a flashback go there that would be more interesting you, you know to the listener yeah they're right. not going to want to hear people talk about the cool stuff they want to experience the cool exactly stuff. because you want to experience it that's the point you you want to be in the now this is what's happening now and yes, you can refer to the past, but when it's like a major part of the story, then it just kind of falls apart. It falls flat, really, to the audience because you're just, it's always tell, not show. You're, if you tell someone, <laughs> do you want to tell someone about Back to the Future or do you want to see the movie? I'd rather see the movie. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, those are the things that stick out to me right away. You know, all this uh, talk about character development and overarching uh, character changes as well as how a uh, short evolves over the course of the editing process uh, reminds me of a short that I uh, had a directing debut sort of with uh, No Place Like Home which Frank Harvick III who's been really quiet yeah, sorry about that no worries <laughs> I've heard some of this story uh, you want to tell us about it uh, Frank uh, sure uh, No Place Like Home uh, is another western I wrote uh, it's basically a classic cowboy story that's been used before, you know, the drunken sheriff and the friend that has to help him get back on his feet. That's how it started out, but uh, 
through the editing process, you know, uh, it was pointed out that Sheriff is a male figure and it's been used time and time again and there wasn't enough strong female characters. So what if the Sheriff was replaced by his wife? You know, the Sheriff been killed and his wife has sort of gone downhill ever since. And, you know, as the writer, you're thinking at first, well, wait a minute, that's not how I envisioned it. That's not how I saw it. And But then I thought about it, and I thought, you know, it would make a better story if I changed it like they said. And they were right. I got a better story out of it. And, and that was yeah. um, another script. I, I edited uh, No Place Like Home and worked with Frank on it. And, uh, you know, one of the things I want to mention, uh, that script had a really good arc. For the uh, protagonist, uh, Lucy, wasn't that her name? I think it was. Yeah, it was Lucy. Yeah. She had a really good arc that you could definitely see that change by the end. And uh, Frank was one of the uh, writers I like to work with the most as an editor because he would turn in edits like... There's a lot of writers who who aren't used to taking edits, and Frank takes edits like a like a champ. He'll he'll take your edits in, he'll give you a revision, and then you have more edits, and he'll give you another revision. He just keeps working with you and working and working until he gets them where they need to be. And as an editor, that's exactly what you want to see out of a writer. You want to see them continually working on it and improving, and working with you and not against you. You know, I uh, we would always work together on things, and uh, I think you get a, a stronger product for it. So it was a really good experience working on that script. Thanks, Jeff, and thanks for the ego boost. <laughs> I mean, we touched upon this before, but a lot of people keep talking about, um, and these questions I've received are, how do I make sure my script gets in the first time? How do I make sure everything gets, you know, this Perry Whittle talked about how he gets a script in, and hours later well, he got a response. Well, obviously the answer is I, well, that, Perry Whittle. Hey, that, <laughs> well, yes, and that happened... <laughs> One, one time and one time only. Okay, so that's that's the point. No, uh, yes, that's true. So yeah. we need to go to the Kingery and go uh, hijack an SOL machine. Right, and turn right. into Perry Whittle. Um, I mean, you know, and bribes and blackmail also very effective. You know, I'm just saying. That explains yeah, so much. All of a sudden, honestly, the the real answer to that question, how do I get it in the first time, is you don't, so don't expect to. Um. It, um, I think, yeah, like there were Perry's script, and I think there might have been one other that I had done that with. I think it was um, the only one I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did it with was Moment by Marley Norton. When that one came in, I was basically like, this one is good to go. Uh -huh. And I don't know how much editing she had gone through before that, but it's an incredibly rare thing um, because nobody is perfect the first time out. And everybody, the more you edit, the stronger your script is going to get. And the more you tear it up with editing and then rebuild it, it just gets stronger and stronger each time. So it's a really, really rare thing. I don't think I've ever written anything that was perfect the first time through. So, I mean, uh, it's it's a, you shouldn't expect it. You should expect that you're going to have to do several revisions. I have to do revisions. Normal pendant writers on ongoing pendant shows do revisions and have an editing process and get notes back from the editor. And on Kingery, I think that happens like, you know, you get feedback from the entire writing staff and you revise. And then you get feedback from the actual editor and you revise. And it, yeah. You just go and you go, you just keep going. And so don't expect that it's just going to be perfect the first time through because it's not. And you shouldn't. Nobody's perfect. And in fact, many first drafts are crap. And I'm not saying the people submitting, I'm talking about mine too. Everybody's first drafts are always so rough. You just got to, you know, you should be editing it yourself and doing several drafts before you even submit it. So it's. Right. Even mm -hmm. the 
you know, screenplays and teleplays yeah. and things that Jeffrey and I write, they go through five, ten drafts mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, you just you just keep going. You and that's before and... we show them to anyone, and yep. then we get more feedback and make more revisions. Yeah, right. So, I think that's um, that holds true true for me as well. I know a Tabula Rasa script before anyone sees it goes through five drafts. Um, it's just very, yeah. you know, it's kind of a thing. It's the way Pennant operates, really. It's actually the way well, pro writing is everywhere. There's, yeah. I mean, think about Hollywood. You know, development executives. There's a reason they have development in their name because this is what they do. Right. They throw feedback and feedback and feedback. Not and necessarily and always good, but you know, right. we try to uh, make sure that you have good editors here at Pendant. So. Well, well, right, and and you still have a relationship with the writer because the writer right. also has the best sense of the story and can say what you know that. There's always a back and forth. I'm here to talk to you, Jack, is what I'm saying. If you have any questions <laughs> about my edits. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I think um, in terms of uh, answering this question, you know, what can I do to make sure that my script is going to go through, maybe not the first time, but as easily as possible, I would say don't submit it until you think it's ready. I mean, you have to be, I think you have to, you know, apply your own intelligence to the script before you ask the editor to, because I don't, I don't know, maybe everybody else is much more direct, but for me, um, it takes me a couple drafts to figure out what I'm doing. Um, yeah. so don't, you know, don't just like, you know, whip it, <laughs> you know, whip something off and send it in. You, you gotta, um, take a little while and make sure you think it's ready. And then if you can't admit that it might not be perfect, put it aside for a day. Excellent. And then if, if you can't admit that it might be improved, put it aside for two days. And then if you still can't admit it might not be perfect, put it aside for a week. Because the script may be ready, but you're not ready. That's, yeah. that's what I say. Stage words for Mr. Perry Whittle. No, this is true because I... I mean, I've already come in contact with people who even minor changes I've suggested to seminar scripts and I never hear from them again. Yep. That happened a whole time uh, or a whole lot when I was editing too. There would be people and I'd be like, this is a really great script. If you just made this one small change, it would work so much better and you'd never hear from them again. Or Or they refuse. Or they write back and they refuse, which is their prerogative as a writer. That's fine. But there are other people who will respond back and yell at you and say, how dare you? My work is so great. And you're just like, or they say, never mind. I withdraw my submission. Right. So it's, you know, if if you want your stuff to get published and made, you're going to have to be able to work with people and, 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 you know, you don't have to agree with everything that your editors say, but you do have to respect them and listen and try to improve the issues where they see problems. Right. Yeah, which isn't to say like it's not your prerogative to withdraw a submission. I I've withdrawn many submissions, but um, you should yeah you should definitely be willing to work with an editor. You have withdrawn Absolutely. many submissions. Well, more like I'm like they're in my email and I'm about to send them. And I'm like no 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 never look at them again. <laughs> That's different. That is different. Plus, That's not the I've same. Withdrawn one period. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean. I mean, if you get to the point where you feel like you've worked on it so much and you, it's just not working and you can't get it right and you want to focus on something else, that's totally fine. But if, you know, you just get one set of edits back and you get offended and then you're going to pull out and go take your show elsewhere, and you, that's up to you. But you're going to get the same kind of 
it's treatment from anybody is what we're saying. From anybody who's an actual editor, you'll you're going to have to deal with that no matter where you take you'll your be, stuff. You'll so. be such a good person. You will. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> right. And I would I would yeah. add along with the, the entire editing process, if there is an edit that you need clarification on, you know, especially here at Pendant, all the editors are so understanding and willing to work with you. If they tell you something and you don't quite understand what they're saying, it's okay to ask them to clarify for you. Yep. You know, you can't just receive edits and be like, I have no idea what they're trying to tell me and just not work on the short anymore. Right. It's fine to be like, hey, I wasn't quite sure what you meant by this. You Can you expand a bit more? And then that way you can your story has a higher chance of, you know, making it to the next stage. Right. And you know what? That's a good point because there was one script that I – I had edits, and I also talked to the writer about it, and his first response to me was, I don't know what to do. And then I think he really thought about it, and I did respond to him and tell him, you know, these are the areas I think we we can work on, and, and he took a day or so to think about it, and then he actually worked with me and got it going, and it's going to be in an upcoming seminar. So... I, I was very, very, at first I was worried. I was thinking, okay, this isn't going to work. But he did. He, to his credit, he, he took a second and stepped back and said, okay, uh, maybe I can do this. And so that I was very gratified by that. Right. We don't ever want you to just like take the editing comments and blindly make all the changes asked for, even if you don't understand them and exactly. send it back in. If you don't understand it, then it's not going to help you become a better writer or, or really fix the problem. So by all means, you know, you got questions, just ask. Yeah. And in the end with that particular script I was just talking about, uh, I was like, I think this section should be cut. And he's like, you know what? I like it. And I'm like, all right, that's it. We're good. Editors, they're not as evil as they seem. Yeah. Terribly I'm, reasonable when you get down to it. And this is Perry. They basically I basically have patience. You are a patient man, Frank. <laughs> I will give you that. Because you know what? I like. I was really dragging my feet on the last couple submissions I had in that box. And Frank's like, oh, hey. And then he resent me when I had in there. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad You know now. what? I will second that because I know that during some of the editor changeovers. Uh, there was a bunch of confusion. When I took over from people and then people yeah. took over from me and then you took it over. Uh, but sometimes some scripts got lost in the process. And I know Frank had a couple that were on like uh, far along in drafts, like a draft six or a draft seven even. That, and he was going between all of these editors and they would get lost. And so he's a very patient fellow and we thank him kindly. Yes. And I have, by the way, streamlined the process so things will not get so lost in the future. Excellent. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Improvement. Uh, Perry, Perry, you, yeah, you, were, you were starting to say, to say something. Oh, I was going to say, um, uh, I, Susan was talking about uh, somebody who didn't know what to do, and I, I felt like that happened to me and my writing partner, Brendan Peterson, on Hugh Dunnett. We got a lot of comments back from Marley Norton. I, I don't know. I went into an emotional tailspin. I'm not sure it affected Brendan quite as strongly, but it took us, uh, or took me, I don't know, a month or something before I could... Um, uh, you know, to get together with Brendan again and, and say, okay, what are we going to do? And, you know, start planning again. Cause I, I was just, uh, you know, I think it's okay to uh, not be comfortable <laughs> with edits. So long as you don't hit send uh, <laughs> until you're comfortable. <laughs> that is great you know, advice. You know, cause. Um, Count to 10 then send. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I'm not always a nice person to be around when, after I've received some feedback, but I try not well, to uh, 
I try to, you know, just go into a cave and not come out until I'm civil again or, you know, as close as I get. And, you know, everybody, there's a reason they say stuff about creatives because, you know, we're emotional people. (laughs) Creative people are. I mean, anyone who writes, I think, is probably an emotional person. So I write too and you guys all write. So, I mean, as long as we're able to give each other the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, we're not trying to hurt each other or, right. I or think do the, anything the biggest personal. problem comes from what I would call young writers and not in terms of age, but in terms of how much they've actually written people that are very new to writing. And so they're not used to the feedback. And so, well, they, I've been writing for years and I still have a hard they time. They don't have, uh, that's not even necessarily a thick skin. They don't really have like any skin built up. And so a lot of times, uh, if, especially if it's, we've had people submit stuff and it was like the first thing they ever tried to write at all. And when they start getting actual feedback on that, it's really tough. And, you know, we're not mean. We're always very uh, kind and professional mm-hmm. about it. But it's it's the newer writers that have a more trouble adapting to that. So all I want to say is that if you are a new writer out there or you're thinking of, of trying writing at a seminar, go for it. We're very kind and we're very nice. But just be prepared that it won't be perfect. And that doesn't mean you're a bad writer or a bad person. It just means that there's things to improve upon, which is true for all of us because nobody's ever going to be perfect. Yes, I may and be I, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise I am not going to be that harsh. I mean, I try really not to be too harsh on people. And from our perspective, believe me, people have been harsh to us. Mm-hmm. We have gone through. Because when you talk to people that actually work in the industry and stuff, I mean, one time we actually took someone to coffee and sat down with them and it was just like, yeah, I really, really, really don't like your script. Like, kind of like, and you just like, okay. So <laughs> let's get back on top. This isn't about us. No, but what I'm saying is, we've been there. Yes, we have. Like, you know, people have told us, oh my god, no. But it it happens because that's part of learning and that's part of the process. And some of these things happened years ago, and now uh, we've learned a lot from it. So, moving on. <laughs> Well, and it's the entire point of the editor isn't to, you know, say, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh, it's just perfect. Perfect. Yes. No, they're supposed to be able to help you fix and make sure it is the best product story, whatever, possible. Right, which is not necessarily what your friends or family are going to do if they're the first ones you show it to um, in your, you know, for new writers out there. And, yeah, by all means, show it to your friends. But you also want to make sure you're showing it to people who know what they're talking about in terms of writing and theme and structure and character and things like that so that you can get some actual feedback so um yeah don't expect an editor to fangirl over your stuff that's not what they're there for yes don't take your car to the insurance salesman take it to the mechanic that's a weird analogy kellen i love you but that's a weird analogy <laughs> whatever i'm a weirdo and even that was weird to me <laughs> <laughs> all right so, do so we have, what we're we saying is you need questions? to edit your comments anyway sorry Yes, more questions. More questions, Colin. Question. Um, what types of characters would you say do not translate well into uh, short-form audio drama? Huh. Characters that require a very, very long, detailed backstory to even explain. Don't do it, because there's no room. That, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the telling thing. Right. Um, which, listen, listen to me talking about this. Um, but it's, it's yeah, you've you got to find a way to make them not require three prequel movies. To explain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if you want to write a prequel later, sure, fine. But yeah. <laughs> it's, 
if you have an ongoing show, you have the time and the space to set up really complicated stuff like that. But when you're talking 15 pages max, uh, maybe 30 if you go with a two-parter, then you don't have that kind of space. You, you've got so much to cram in there to make it all happen and make it all work. You just don't have the time. So you need to have characters that the audience can understand and relate to and get pretty darn quick. You know, yeah, like I, actions or things they say, the audience needs to understand what kind of person that is right then and there so that way you can get the story on without stopping it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. I mean, and, but, I mean, there are characters in Seminar who've been borrowed from mythology. I know um, Mount oh. Sitheron, Coffee Shop of Love, um, Who wrote those? I can't remember. Yeah, you're funny. Uh, there was one more. Um, yeah. <laughs> Luau with Pirate Cove. You know, I mean, bringing in mythological characters is different. Bringing in characters people recognize. If you want to write a seminar short about Winston Churchill or William the Kid, by all means, go for it. But they should be accessible, basically. And not copyrighted. Yes. <laughs> we've had we've had issues with that. People submitting in a script and they think if it's not very, very, very clearly a parody then you cannot use other people's characters. Like we've had a, what, they were like a, we had a Flintstones parody uh, previously and like a Scooby-Doo one. And those were fine uh, because they were very, very obviously parodies. But you can't, for example, take a bunch of characters from a bunch of different properties and just have them meet together for coffee because they're not your characters. So you have to make sure that we're really looking for original stuff. You know, I had a comment on the... Um... Uh, Jack's point about the mythological characters and also the point about avoiding characters that have a long backstory. If you use a character from a myth or a fairy tale or something like that, that's a way of sort of getting a lot of backstory or, or getting a lot of understood information out there really quickly. If you, you know, take somebody from fairy tale or something, um, Jack Spratt. Well, all right. So already, you know, he doesn't eat any fat and his wife doesn't eat any lean. And so, you know, you can start working from that and, you know, see, see what you can make of it. It's a, it's a way to get some exposition for free. It's true, it is. Well, um, also along with the whole backstory thing, you don't necessarily have to tell a person's backstory for you to figure out who they are. No, yeah. Nine out of ten times, you can figure out a character by how they act around other characters. It's really all about the interaction they have with the people surrounding them. That's when you pick up the quirks that people have, their personalities. So you don't need to set up, you know, they were born on blah, 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 to blah, blah, blah. When they were a child, they smack, they fell down and smacked right. their heads. You, know, you, you don't know need what? that. Uh, and Excellent of, point, A-Rod. A lot of times, <laughs> that kind of information, uh, people really like to do that and get into world building and writing these elaborate histories for their characters, but you have to realize most of that is not going to be relevant to your story. And if it's not relevant to what's going on in the story, we don't need to know about it. So, And Actually, we're also back good... to showing, not telling. Sorry, Susan. Right. No, that, that's an excellent point. And, and something, too, I've pointed out in scripts before is that they introduce a character and they have a profession or they work at a company, and I'm like, none of that has any bearing. This is a short script. It has to have something to do with the plot. Everything in it needs to have something to do with the plot. Because it's so, so short. Because it's yeah. so short. So, like, I'm like, this particular piece is completely irrelevant and has nothing to do with anything. So why is it here? Are there people wasting words? Could I get some of those words for some of my <laughs> work? <laughs> Basically, what it all amounts to is edit, 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 edit. If everything is not completely vital to the story, you cut it out. Or you make it vital. Or you make it vital, right. Every line of dialogue should either further the plot 
reveal a character trait, or get a laugh, preferably all three at once. Yep, and if it doesn't do any of those, then it should be gone. But um, in addition, actually, this is one thing I wanted to bring up with all this talk about character, and then I mentioned that sometimes you can get away without it. Uh, Perry has a short coming up. This will be a brief preview for some of you folks. I think it's called These Commercial Messages. Is that the yes, title of it? Yes, it is. Perry? Yeah. That is, it's, yes. uh, And that one is very different from all other seminar shorts. It doesn't have really a central character, if I recall correctly. I remember reading it, but I don't... Uh, Perry, you would know more about this, but obviously I would hope. That's, but, um, that's, I'm not but, sure I buy that assumption, but okay. Well, it's very different from the others in that it doesn't necessarily work the way others do. It's a bunch of... It's these comedy vignettes, sort of, and um, they all come together as a whole to make one short, and it works really well, but it's not your typical short that way. So what I would say is uh, to you folks out there who might want to try something more off the wall is to uh, listen to that when it comes out. I'm not sure which episode it's in, but it's it'll be coming 48. up. Okay, 48. So that won't be too long now. And um, uh, make sure you listen to that. It should show you how you could do something very different and off the wall and have it really work. Cause that's a very good example of that. Perry did a great job on that. And back to the point about um, editing. Uh, there's like at least twice as much of that, you know, in the, in the first version. Is it a two parter? No, it's a, it's a one parter, but it was, um, it was much longer when I started. So it just, stuff just kept coming out and coming out, getting cut. Yeah, I think that happens a lot more with comedy too, because yeah. you'll end up writing for comedy. It seems like you always write more and then, you go back and you're like, oh, this isn't that funny. This isn't funny enough. And you end up pulling stuff out to make it as tight as you can because comedy is a whole different thing and it's a lot harder to do. So, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I've got to choose the six funniest bits. No, five funniest bits. No, four funniest bits. Uh -huh. okay, there we exactly. Go. Any other questions? Uh, we kind of answered this one, but um, some people don't have enough of a story they think that would justify having a feature. Just uh, some general help into uh, cutting down a story from three or four parts to only 15 or 30 pages. Just you got to look for the heart of it, the heart of the story, what's the most important part, and center it around there. And if you've got a story that would technically be like three or four parts or whatever you said for a seminar, then I think you could probably cut that down to two. And you, if you just, you're going to have to lose stuff you like, and that's the way editing goes but if you want to get it into the show you know that's what we need and you just focus on the most important parts and strip away the fat i think a common problem with scripts like that are, are too many characters and Often this a happens problem. a lot with seminar scripts too many because you have so little time to introduce these people you need to have as few people there as possible to tell your story so if you can combine characters, get rid of characters, whatever you do to cut down on characters, you're going to end up with a shorter story, and it's going to be better. And easier for the director. And, please please right. try to keep in mind the logistics of this, that a director has to cast this oh, thing boy. and has to put it all together. And so if you've got 30 roles in there, that's going to make it really, really hard on the director, and well, it's going to be it hard on the audience. If it had 30 roles, it wouldn't be getting through. Right, I'd that would be that. pretty ridiculous. But. Actually, just as a director, when it comes to this, Casting is easiest, I think, when you get a character who is incredibly well-written. Because I go, oh, that's what this character is, and I present it to the auditioners, and I will have people going, oh, that's what this character is, and give great auditions for it. Yeah, the better the character is written, the better the director will understand it, the better the casting will go, the better the actor will understand the role, and the better your short will be. So. And if you end up with a short with 30 characters, you obviously can't have any character information about any of them, so how can you even write an audition for any of them when you don't know the character? Right. 
Yes, we have a five announcers in this piece. And you want to also think about uh, another thing to keep in mind is what kind of roles actors are going to want to play. If you write these characters that are all sound the same and are kind of dull and there's nothing unique about them, an actor's not going to be very interested in that. But if you write these characters that are dynamic and have these great scenes and all this personality, then an actor's going to be like, I want to sink my teeth into that. That sounds awesome. And you're going to get a lot more auditions and you'll get uh, better actors in your roles for it. So. I have a kind of general question um, in terms of when you're writing a script, what's the etiquette for adding character descriptions? Usually people don't in seminar, but occasionally they can. Uh, I would say, I would say to do it if there's something specific about them that you're afraid that people might miss or you're afraid the director might not pick up on all of that should already be in the script. That's so the thing. It should be that. clear from the dialogue exactly who the character is without any help. Right, but if you want to make sure that this character is supposed to have an accent and you didn't write their accent into the lines or something because, you know, it you, you wasn't like a spoof yeah, of an accent. Yeah, logistically that can be a little... Then that would be fine or something along those lines, you know, or, or the general ages for the characters if it matters. But if, again, if it matters, then it should come up in dialogue, so... Yeah, I'd try to um, add a just a thumbnail sketch, I, you know, not paragraphs. I don't go, I don't go on and on about them. But I try to give just a really quick um, thumbnail sketch of characters uh, because I feel like there's so little possibility for communication between the director and the actors. And uh, just I'm, I guess I don't have complete and utter confidence in my writing. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just trying to give people a little, you know, an, a little extra hint. You know, I figure... Um, it's no skin off my nose, and if it helps anybody out, that's great. Well, with my characters, I just like the audience to dream up their own visuals. I mean, they're listening to it, and I'd like their imagination to be the television, but if my character has an important physical trait, I'll probably have another character saying, like, you know, where did you get that scar? But I like the audience just to think of how they think these people would look in their own heads. You know, I haven't seen any scripts with have we seen any scripts where someone has a peg leg that just randomly popped in my head sorry i don't think so colin do you want to wish that everyone. on vincent hey, hey vincent colin hates you <laughs> i i think the only correct answer to that is not yet there we go we haven't seen that yet what other things golden nuggets of wisdom do you want to give to our would-be seminar writers i think there's one major crucial thing in that we haven't really hit up well we kind of have hit upon but it's just with so many people who are submitting for seminar I feel they're coming off you know writing from short stories from prose short stories poetry and all that and they're writing for uh an audio medium and the big thing with writing for pendant it's exactly that it's an audio medium you can't some people write visually with with you know writing for audio dramas is really crucial you write with your ears not with your eyes is you know at times I, with my writing i actually would read my scripts aloud i'm like okay can i hear everything that's going to go on or is this more of a thing where it's gonna you have to see it visually and if you have to see it it's not going to work for your script and that's when you have to try to edit yourself and rewrite the scene or rewrite whatever you have to do because it is an audio medium you can't be writing visually if that makes sense and it makes our, the director's job life a lot easier i think we're i mean That's all really of us here 
just about everybody here is a director, and that's that's something we all look out for. So that helps too, because when I I'm reading seminar scripts, I know it helps me to say, okay, this is not going to make sense in audio right. at and that all. Is <laughs> something that the editor will look for and let you know, yes. uh, work with you, especially if you've never written an audio before. And they will let you know, this is going to be confusing to the audience. We need to clear this up. Because you only have dialogue and sound effects to work with, and you have to tell your entire story with that. So it's very important that you think about, like, I used to write short stories and, and prose and stuff. And when you do it, it was always very visual in my head. But when you write these audio scripts, rather than seeing it, it's, it's like Anna said, you have to hear it when you're writing it. When somebody walks into a room, don't think about what they look like when they're doing it. Think about the sounds they make, the door that opens their shoes on the floor, the wood of the floor creaking, the sound coming in through the window, everything. You, it's the sound. You have to hear it all. You can't see it. So it's a um, very different way of writing. One thing I should mention, if a person is in the room, have them give a line, because I actually do remember um, a script I once had where I had someone in the room, and they had no lines at all, but they were mentioned in dialogue, hey, do this, do that, and the only thing I had to do was sound effects. You can do that if you have a character who, like, doesn't speak or who can't speak or something, but you have to make sure then then you're getting into more complicated stuff that people have to refer to them and the sound effects have to indicate a, a response, you know? Like, if you say, hey, go close that window, and you hear somebody's footsteps in the window close, okay, that works, but you might think it was the person who just talked doing it. You can't quite be sure. So it's a really, really hard thing to pull off. And so, uh, yeah, if your character doesn't speak in a scene, your audience is probably going to assume they're not there. Yeah. And it's probably like they're not there. So you want to make sure that if a character's in a scene, that they do speak. And, and again, if they're going to be in a scene, they should have a reason to be there. If they're not speaking, they probably don't need to be there, and you can just cut them from the scene entirely. So, yep. Very good. I wanted to say that, um, back to the editing, uh, editing, the, the editing that uh, you get when you submit stuff to seminar is a tremendous gift. Um, my co-writer, Brendan Peterson on Hugh Dunnett, after we got feedback from Marley Norton, uh, Brendan kept asking me, she does this for free. Would you, would you explain this to me? Really? We got, we got this for free. And, um, he was certain that she'd read the script more carefully than we had. So, um, it's, it's really an incredible gift and, uh, uh you should, um, I, I, that was just a g really good reminder uh, for me about that. Wanted to share that. Yeah, it is good, though, because, you know, all of us as writers, we're too close to our own stuff to see it properly. I mean, we can edit it Absolutely. ourselves, and we should, but we don't have that outside perspective of somebody who doesn't know everything that's in our head. And sometimes you'll miss stuff because in your head it's clear to you because you're the one who wrote it. So it's really, really good to have that outside viewpoint, especially when you have people who know what they're talking about. And I assure you that our seminar editors do. And so um, it's it's a very, very good to get that outside view because, you know, the audience is not inside your head either. And so you're getting kind of an audience perspective and you want the audience to enjoy it. And to do that, they're going to have to understand everything that's happening. And, you know, you want to catch all the flaws as many as you can before it goes out. So just, um, you know... Write, 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 write. The more you write, the better you'll get. Just don't stop. Even if it's not for seminar, just, just keep writing. And if you want to get really good at audio shorts or even any kind of audio, just keep writing audio stuff. Even if it's not for pendant, just write it, write it, and write it. You'll get better. The last question I have is basically where would you go, you know, if you were like a, some sort of message board-based synopsium 
where you could submit your work up to people and have them take a look at it and critique it. Uh, people who might not be Jeffrey or Susan for the official uh, editing for seminar or to make a feature for Pendant, but do we have anything like that? We have the Pendant Write Club mailing list. <clears throat> That's W-R-I-T-E club, um, which is just a bunch of writers on there who, uh, when they have a script and they want some feedback, post about it, and other writers will volunteer to read it and send them some feedback on it. Um, I don't think it's got a whole lot of members on it at this point, um, but it is out there. But other than that, I mean, there are other tons of uh, writing groups, writing forums. You could always try places like that. I don't know of any specifically. Uh, we have you know, individuals that we've found that we have to edit our stuff, but I'm sure that there's other resources out there. All right. And with that, I'd like to thank everyone for being here tonight. It really means a lot that you took your time out to help everyone else in Pendant Land, all the other pendulums. Uh, I'm Colin Kelly, and with me tonight was... Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> if we go reverse alphabetically, then um, Perry Whittle. Anna Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, am I next? Uh, Frank yeah. Harbuck. Uh, Jack Kalk. I'm next. Yes, Jeffrey Bridges. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, October 10th, Season 6, Episode 2 of The Kingery. Next time on The Kingery. Yeah, but the fabric, it's got to be luxurious and durable. How durable are we talking about the darlings? It needs to be cleaned with a high-pressure hose. And bleach, too. Boost the game some more. How's that, Captain? It's coming in better now. It sounds like they're just renovating after the big shootout. They're always up to something. And I'm gonna find out what it is. But you're gonna have to buy replacements to open the shop. When you talk with your accountant, you're gonna regret this. So let's oh, just... I am not gonna regret this. <laughs> That looked expensive. Good. I don't need anything. Not from you. Just install the machines when they get in and keep away from me. You think you're an adult because you ran shenanigans, but one day you'll learn that being an adult means forgiving, having compassion. I'm trying to make sure you still have someone. You killed my parents! Only at PendantAudio.com Hey, can I uh, break off surveillance? I mean, nobody's coming. And they won't ever again, if I have anything to do with it. Coming out Friday, October 19th, episode 47 of Seminar! We were just talking about that, yeah. Woo! On the next Seminar. So you're not an athlete? I'm a typist. Never judge a book by its cover. Hello. Is the library still open? For you? Anything. I mean, yes. Yes, we're open until 8. Because nothing is as it seems. Episode 47 of Seminar, only at PendantAudio.com. La la la, the show is almost done. And we're all done. That's it. That is all. So much seminar. Woo. All right. Uh, once and again. And learning and things. Okay, what? Just going to say, be sure to stop by um, the uh, TWIP page, pendantaudio.com slash twip.php, and get in your questions for upcoming interview guests. Make sure you do that. Like me. 
and the others. And other people. <laughs> All right. Be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant, the live journal community at community.livejournal.com slash pendant audio, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendant audio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendant web, and the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Next time I tell you to get your damn cat out of here, you should listen. His meows are gonna be all over this thing. Oh, nobody heard his meowing. That's right, because I cut him out. No! They're cute. Mm. They're adorable. Kitty! See? Adorable. You know what I love? <laughs> Prophylactics. <laughs> <laughs>